0: Establishing a brand and reaching your target audience as a small business owner can be challenging. Thankfully, today's guest is a public relations expert who excels at getting the media's attention. I am eager to connect with Megan Bennett, CEO and President of Light Years Ahead, a full-service boutique PR firm with nearly 20 years of experience with the firm. Megan understands what the media wants and what tactics work to obtain the most profile placements. Welcome, Megan. Hi, thank you so much for having me on, Kristen. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited to dive into this topic. Uh, Megan, as we were talking before we started recording, I studied communication in college and I took a lot of PR courses. So this is going to be a fun conversation to take me back to a topic that I was highly interested in in college and find myself back into as a business owner. So let's start what is public relations?
1: Public relations is a way to gain exposure for your brand in an earned way that's not a paid for ad. So, for example, I would pitch your brand or service to top media outlets and get them to try your product. And then they review it in an authentic way that really makes the brand credible and helps to build awareness. So, you know, I'm pitching brands to the Today Show and getting them exposure on those shows where it doesn't cost the brand anything to be on the show. It's the public relations firm's job to get them on the show and to get those placements. And so, you know, it's never guaranteed. It's a hard earned thing, but you might pay an advertising agency $3,000 for one ad, and you might pay a PR firm $3,000 for a month's retainer to get you into 15 different media outlets where the media reviews your products and talks about it in an authentic personalized way.
0: It sounds like in order to be successful in the PR or profession, you have to have a lot of relationships with yes, the media. you have
1: to. You do. And if you don't have them, you have to build them. And that's where subscribing to good services like Muckrack, Cision, those are types of databases that as a publicist we use that gives us direct digital yellow pages to all the movers and shakers in the top media. It gives us their email addresses, their phone numbers. It tells us who works at what magazine and who's covering what. And that's how we stay on top of everything. But then once we build the initial relationship with somebody, we keep building it. And like many of these editors and producers, I've known for 20 years because I've been working with them for so long. And they've moved from magazine to magazine, to website, to different TV shows So it's building those relationships and continuing to grow them.
0: I serve a lot of client-based business owners. So a a lot of my coaching clients are constantly working on building relationships and evolving those relationships. What tips do you have for building strong relationships?
1: Well, most of the contact that I do is via email and I would say that the most important thing is is to continue to reach out to those people over and over again so they don't just think you're randomly reaching out um I make everything personalized every email that I send out it's more conversational um, than formal because if you send something that's formal they think that you're sending it to thousands of other people. So you want to keep that going. Um, sometimes I even text an editor or a producer if I've worked with them before. If I'm trying to pitch a new, let's say Wagyu beef burger that's coming out from one of my clients, I might pitch, text the producer and say, Hey, do you have any stories coming out on tailgating? Because if I've tried emailing and they haven't responded because these people get thousands of emails, you do the next thing you text and you just continue. And then if they say no big thing is, is reach out to them in a few months and try again. Worst thing they can say again is no. So I think that continuous conversation and reaching out to people is really important and to not take that no for an answer. Just keep trying.
0: That is such a powerful message because we can get all up in our head when we are reaching out to other people. Yes. I do this myself when I'm reaching out and, and marketing a program like the Honor Your Ambition Mastermind. And I think, oh, should I send another email? Has it been too soon? This person never replied to my first email. And I love what I'm hearing from you is keep sending, personalize, try again, v- reach yeah. out via other methods. And if they don't like it, I mean, eventually they'll block you. You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) But if they do, then they'll eventually respond. Sometimes I do get emails like unsubscribe or never contact me again. And I don't really get upset. I just start laughing. I usually send it to my Co workers to have a laugh, to be like, listen, this happens because we all need to be humbled once in a while. But usually, if that happens, I'll just reach out to somebody else from their outlet if I'm trying to get in there and try somebody else, or I'll try back again in a few months. And sometimes, even the ones that are really nasty, they end up being nice, or the ones that say no, they end up coming back to me eventually because they've switched jobs, or finally, they have a story where they can feature one of these products that I'm pitching that before they thought was preposterous. So it's just like you stay in their mind and eventually they will reach out to you and say, okay, I finally do have something where I can use you. It's about
0: timing.
1: Yes, absolutely. And making sure that you leave an impression with them so that when they do, if they do or don't like you, they'll remember you.
0: Yeah. I can absolutely relate with your story around unsubscribe me. That's happened to me. And I'm thinking, this is my personal email. This is not my email list where there's an unsubscribe button. But okay, yes. move on, on to the next. Yeah. Have Have you always had such thick skin when it comes to reaching out and promoting? Um,
1: I would say when I first started this job and I started after college, I moved to Los Angeles and I worked for my boss, who is the founder of our company. I think I was 22 and I worked out of her house out of the Hollywood Hills. And she would print out these lists for me because at the time we'd have to smile and dial, which is where you pick up the phone and you call. At first, like, people would hang up on me. Like I'd call magazines, and our big account was Rembrandt Whitening, you know, Rembrandt, Rembrandt Toothpaste. So that was the big first account that I ever worked on, and we were pitching it as a beauty product. So I was calling all these beauty products, and five of them in a row would be like, no, I'm not interested, I'm on deadline, click. Or, why are you calling me? I have no time for this. Sitting outside at the pool, pitching, with this glamorous lifestyle <laughs> where I'm getting rejected. <laughs> all of a sudden, maybe number seven would be like, yeah, we are doing a story in shape. Send us a sample and we'll try to get you into the October issue. And then once you get a yes from somebody, then you realize it's just in the numbers. It's just like dating. got to go out with as many people as you can or try as many things as you can. And some of those no's are going to turn into a yes. And so that's how I started to build a backbone and my boss and mentor, Betty, told me, who cares? You don't know these people. You can't take this personally. Try somebody else. You just can't let it get to you. Because for every no, you're going to get a yes if you keep trying and trying. So that's kind of the mentality that I've had. And from there, I have grown a thick skin. I don't let the media get to me. I do take critique. So if they give me some advice that might be a little negative. I do take that into consideration and I do try to change based on that, but I don't let it get to me or let it affect my day. So that's the mentality that I have. And I feel like that is a good mentality because otherwise you're just going to let stuff get you down all the time and then
0: you won't succeed. I remember smile and dial. That was a phrase that was used a ton in my former corporate role. And you're so right, Megan. It's about the numbers. We get so hung up on that no and go into the negative mental narratives and it blocks us from, like Mm -hmm. you said, succeeding. Let's talk more about success. As a PR professional, What makes for a successful client relationship? I would say that a successful
1: client would be somebody who has all their ducks in a row in terms of having a developed website. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to have a bunch of bells and whistles, but it has to function and it has to be able to sell your product or service and work. Um, You've got to have products together. Whatever you're trying to sell before we work with you, it's got to be available because... media wants to try it. Um, And thirdly, like you have to be the type of agency that is not going to micromanage us. We're the experts. So you have to be able to give us the reins and us to say, all right, we're going to reach out when you have questions, but just let us do the work. You sit back and we will send you the placements. Once in a while, we'll get a client that needs once updates every day or every week. And we're like, listen, it takes time. You can't send out a product and expect a write-up the next day unless they're on a deadline. And so people that have the patience that aren't completely desperate to see results right away. If you're desperate for anything, then you're not ready because that means that there's something that you're lacking or That you have to get this or your business isn't going to succeed. And that's not a good place to be. You want to be in a place when you're like, I'm ready to try some different tactics. Let's start with X, Y, and Z. It can't be an either this or it fails. Because if that's the case, then you're not ready to really be an entrepreneur. You have to be ready to try different things and see what works and what doesn't. But you can't put all in into one thing because... It could fail and then you're screwed. Those are the qualities that we look for. And obviously somebody who is willing to share their story and not just launch a brand and be closed lipped about why you launched the brand or say that you don't have a story behind why you started this skincare company. If you don't have a story behind it and you just, you like honey, Manuka honey or whatever, then that's not going to sell the product. And so that's where we come in and we help you spin the story and find a way to move the media with something that's more than just a brand.
0: Are you enjoying this episode and feeling encouraged to take the next step towards maximizing your potential? Don't let that energy pass you by. Goal achievers consistently take action to achieve great success. Grab your free breakout plan right now at kristenburke.com to begin your journey today. I appreciate you talking about this process taking time. So often I I, I find myself falling victim to this. I will see personalities on social media. I will see brands on social media and it looks like they exploded overnight. And I... I'll get down on myself, on my own business, on my own brand, and where I'm going and what I'm building. Can you talk a little bit more about this concept of taking time, especially as we see or perceive so many people to have this happen overnight?
1: Yeah. I mean, it takes time. I would say the only time something is going to happen overnight is if you have a connection with Oprah or something. You know what I mean? We do have a client that is Oprah's pedicurist and she has a line of foot care and she did. She got overnight success. This was before we even worked with her. But I'm just saying that in most cases, you have to be patient because let's say that you've got this great brand and you do get on the Today Show immediately and you do sell out then you run out of products. What are you going to do then? You have to be prepared to have a slow growth in any capacity. And also for PR, we always tell our clients, you can't expect this to happen overnight because we have to build the story. Then we have to reach out to the media. Then we have to get products in their hands. And then it's a waiting game. Sometimes they might not have a story for three months, or maybe their story got bumped, or maybe... They're just trying it out to see if they can find a way to pitch it into a story. So it's all those possibilities. But even those freelance writers that we send media to, and they're just trying it out, usually within six months, they do find a way to get it into a story if it's a product that they really like. So yes, you have to be patient. And if you're not patient, then I would say that this is not the right product or service because everything takes time. It's just, that's how you grow a business. Success does not happen overnight.
0: What do you think are the components of a successful PR campaign? Obviously, you need to have an agency that is devoted
1: to your brand and understands your story and doesn't think of you as just another number. So, you know, whether you go with a boutique grassroots type agency like mine or a big firm that has a ton of account executives, make sure that whoever's managing your brand feels the passion and Really understand your brand. You know the one thing that we do differently in our agency is we all handle all the clients. We don't assign ourselves each to an account because it gets really stale pitching the same thing every week. So we take turns, and then we each come up with different ideas because we're all working on the product. So it doesn't leave anybody stuck. Um, the next thing is is I would say if you're not an event company that you're trying to get PR for watch out for all the bells and whistles that agencies are promising you like oh we're going to get you into this event you're going to do these gift bags because a lot of the time that stuff can be frivolous it can be a waste of money even if you're excited about having b c d list celebrities take a picture with your product, that's not necessarily going to build the brand awareness that you need. So I would say the sign of a good agency isn't necessarily one that's going to get you into an event. It's going to be an agency that's going to be able to have the right media connections to get you high profile placements in different websites and TV, because that's where you get the clout and the exposure and the click through. Of the customers, you want to have an agency that has your back, that understands the brand, and obviously has the right connections. If you meet an agency that's making you a bunch of promises, I would say to be wary. We don't ever guarantee anything, except for that we will help you build brand awareness. We don't guarantee sales. We don't guarantee specific placements, because if you want guaranteed, then you have to pay for it, like an ad. So that's the difference. I mean, that's again the difference between PR and advertising is guaranteed is paid for ad and public relations is we're going to build brand awareness so that more people see that you were featured in Forbes and Huffington Post and in style. And that's where you can put it on your website as seen in and put clips to media press, which is not ads. Those are really credible media placements that show that the media is out there trying your products and they truly like it.
0: When should a, a small business or a company consider hiring a PR firm?
1: I would say that the small business or companies should consider hiring a PR firm when they are ready to take their brand to the next level and get some exposure with the media to give them that third-party credibility. So like I said, once their website's developed... And your product is ready to be purchased. Um, if you're a brand, it's always good to have an affiliate connection or to be on Amazon as well, because most of the media now is looking for some sort of an affiliate link so that they can make a commission. So that's something that's important as well, just to have your ducks in a row, is to look at those different opportunities. Um, and also make sure you have samples and a way, like a distribution method, to get those samples out to the media to fulfill. So that's kind of the... Those are the things that, you know, we want to have ready before we take on a client.
0: Talking about the affiliate links makes me think about the digital age and how PR has had to shift and evolve as technology has come about. So in your opinion, does print and broadcast media still play a role in PR? I would say that yes,
1: it's very hard earned to get into magazines now because a lot of the magazines have minimal room for non-advertisers. You'll look at a magazine and you'll see a brand. Three pages later, you'll see a big ad for that brand because that's how they're surviving is from paid ads. Um, So once in a while, we'll get into a magazine with obviously not paying and it's a huge deal. Does it drive sales? Not usually. Nobody's clicking through to it. Does it help with brands who are trying to get distribution into stores like Target and Walmart and Walgreens? Yes. Those buyers, those salespeople, they like to see print brag books just because it's more traditional. Um, But if you're on the Today Show, yeah, that's huge. To get any brand onto a show like the Today Show or Good Morning America or Fox and Friends or CBS This Morning, it's still very valuable and it can really drive sales. It's not easy but we've done it multiple times. I would say digital is where it's at. That is what most of my clients want. That is a great way to track traffic, interest, because you can see where the traffic comes from. If there's a specific article, like we did one of our clients, um, we got them into food and wine for the best Wagyu hot dog. Within two weeks, they made like a quarter of a million dollars in sales from this one article. And it was insane. And they could track it all because they could see, you know, where it came from. And so, and it was all for these hot dogs. So that was one time when ROI, I mean, we really did have ROI for that brand. It was the best case study we've ever had. Um, also for this nonprofit foundation, my family's foundation, we got them on the Today Show in 2017 and they made $150,000 in donations. So sometimes... You can see those direct sales. It's just right place, right time, right messaging.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about digital and what role does social media play in a PR campaign or promoting your brand or does it even play a role?
1: Um, social media is obviously important for every brand to have. And yeah, I guess I didn't touch on that, that it is important to have an established Instagram page and Facebook page for your brand. Because when we get write-ups, um, I would say 70% of the time, the media that does the placements, they also want to tag them on their personal Instagram pages and, and do Insta stories and share that way as well. So yeah, we reach out to micro influencers all the time too, where we'll send them samples and get them to do posts and then Insta stories. Um, I think it is important because the media, most media, they do have an Instagram account. They do have a Twitter account. They do have a Facebook account. So being able to tag your brand and share it to people that helps to spread brand awareness that much more. So yeah, it is important. Do we do it? No, we don't specialize in social media, but Every brand that we work with, we do collaborate with their social media team to make sure that they get all the PR placements so that they can share them and then tag the media outlet and all of that. It's very important.
0: Well, that's a very important message for me to hear, Megan, as I'm building my own brand as a goal achievement coach, and I have my own Instagram page. And sometimes I wonder, is it worth it to be pouring into the social media account and creating captions and posting? And, and I love hearing that there's a bigger picture vision associated yeah. with the social media account. Yeah.
1: It gives you that extra place to share your message and also for more people to tag you and share your message.
0: Absolutely. So did you always know you were going to be in PR? Take us back to the beginning. How did you get into PR as a career?
1: Um, I went to school at Skidmore College in upstate New York, and I actually thought I wanted to be in the entertainment industry or like be an, an actor or casting or something like that. I tried it out. It wasn't really my thing. And then my junior year, I went out to Los Angeles and did a couple of internships, one with a talent agency and one with VH1. And I was like, you know, I kind of like this whole entertainment thing. So um, the next summer I moved out and I also interned for a public relations firm that was for celebrities. And this was in Los Angeles. And I liked the PR side of it, but I didn't like the celebrity side of it. So I knew that I liked the idea of spreading messages and helping people build awareness, but I just didn't like the LA celeb angle of it. I did live in Los Angeles after college. And so when I moved there, I just started to look for jobs in public relations. And it was really the internships that led me to figure out what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. I also did intern at this media company when I was in college my senior year. And it was kind of interesting. It was like a media clipping company. So I started to get interested in that whole area of marketing. And then when I moved to Los Angeles, I had one job At this online clothing company, I was supposed to be doing PR and it wasn't what it was supposed to do. I ended up doing shipping and stuff that I just wasn't interested in. So I quit and I started to look for jobs. And within a couple of months, that's when Betty hired me um, to go work out of her house. And when she hired me, she said, you should pay me for all you're going to learn from me. When you worked for me. And she was right. I mean, it was like going to grad school, getting my degree, what I learned from her, because I was thrown in with the wolves immediately and, and was her assistant and started doing stuff I'd never done before from the ground up. So, and I loved it. I mean, I immediately loved it. And that's why I've stayed doing the same thing for almost 20 years now.
0: What a fantastic story around the power of internships and testing different opportunities and mentorship and how that's gotten you to the place you are today. So tell us more about light years ahead.
1: We are a boutique firm and um, we're across the country. We all work virtually from our offices and we did before COVID started. When COVID hit, It didn't affect our work situation at all because I've always been working virtually from a home office. My business partner, Chloe, she's in Manhattan. And when we were doing meetings with the media, she would go on all the press meetings, which was great because they were all in New York. The founder's in Los Angeles and she helps consult and give us advice about things. And she's awesome. And then... We have another publicist here in Kansas City that helps us with influencer outreach and a creative director in Dallas. And she writes all of our press materials. And then the rest of us pitch it. Um, We're boutique. We're grassroots. So we don't do what the big firms do, which I was talking about, like throwing in all these events and swag bags and celebrity outreach and all the additional things. We are really grassroots, which means that we reach out the now traditional PR which is the online magazines, the big websites, um, the blogs, podcasts like yourself, um, TV, national and morning shows, and also magazines whenever possible. And we focus on lifestyle brands, anybody that has a story that like we feel has a really great message, I think we can pitch it. We've worked with everything from a cybersecurity expert to a meditation expert, composer to a brand for men's below the belt regions. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we do it all if it has a story.
0: Did I catch that it's a woman founded it, women led and all women on the team company? Yes,
1: we are all women. That is it. And yes. we're all feisty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, for any of our listeners that could be leading a team of women, do you have any advice on what it takes to develop
1: women? The main thing is always pumping somebody up when they're doing something good. and and not focusing on the negatives too much. It's almost like parenting. I mean, I have two kids and I try to accentuate the positives instead of the negatives because that just boosts somebody's morale and makes them do even a better job. And obviously the other thing is communication is key. My associates and I talk all day, mostly via messaging because we're so busy to pick up the phone that we just do messages, but we're constantly in contact. And that's just the way that we work. And I think that's really important. Um, And teaching your team to be strong and not to let things get you down and not to take things personally, because like I said, if I took everything personally, I wouldn't be in this business because I've been rejected so many times. So it's just letting my teammates know that if you get something negative or if somebody says something to you, just brush it off and move on and, and just keep going forward.
0: Megan, this has been such a treat to connect with you today. And we explored so many topics around public relations, growing a brand, gaining the media's attention, but you also shared so much wisdom. When it comes to building a business and achieving your goals, you talked about how it's just in the numbers. For every no, you'll get a yes. Accentuate the positives as you're working with a team over the negatives. And also to recognize it takes time. Success takes time and to not give up and keep going and keep persevering. There are messages within your story today that will apply to anyone who's in sales, anyone growing a business, anyone striving to achieve their goals. So thank you so much for all the wisdom you shared today.
1: Thanks for having me on. It's been great. And I'm so happy to help give those little seeds of wisdom because I've been doing it for so long.
0: Megan, if our listeners want to learn more about you or learn more about Light Years Ahead, where can they find more information?
1: You can go to our website, which is lightyearsahead.com, or um, you can reach out to me personally, which I would love at Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at lightyearsahead.com, and I promise you, I will write you back.
0: With that goal, Achievers, keep celebrating your wins, noting your lessons learned, and identifying your priorities for next week so you can consistently pursue progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website, kristenburke.com to sign up and get connected. We can also hang out socially on Instagram. Follow me at Meet. Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, goal achievers, keep progressing towards your goals and celebrate those weekly wins.